HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. In almost my naivety, I went to this restaurant, applied for the job, and in my interview, I remember saying, I don't have any professional chef's training. I'm pretty much a self-taught cook, but this is something I would really love to do. And so they brought me in for a trial uh, a trial period. They asked me to make a couple of vegan recipes. And of course, by that point, I had already been honing my skills at home, experimenting at home with different recipes. And I was able to do it and landed the job. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was waiting for like the punchline. <laughs> yeah, landed the job and, and worked as a chef there for just over a year. Oh, and fantastic. so uh, through that experience, I got to learn about obviously the service industry, mm-hmm. what it takes to cater to a restaurant full of people. Um, and then it was, you know, it was almost like the stars just aligned. Hey everyone, you're listening to Item 13, a bi-weekly podcast covering everything African food, and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every other week, we'll delve into the world of African food, chefs, curators, and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This week, I speak to Tommy Makanjola, a London-based vegan chef blogger and writer who grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, and moved to the UK in her teens. After going vegan while at the University of Oxford, she founded The Vegan Nigerian, a platform for sharing plant-based recipes and resources inspired by her cultural heritage. Tomi's latest cookbook, Plantain Cookbook, is now available and listeners can get 20% off the ebook using the discount code PLANTAIN13 on her website. The book is also available via download on Kindle or hard copy on Amazon.com. Here's our conversation on Nigerian veganism and everything plantain. So welcome to the podcast, Tommy. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know we met just for the audience's reference point as, as to how I meet people that end up on the podcast. We met during the Africa Food Week in London that we hosted, and you were actually one of the five finalists for our food business uh, pitch competition. 
and we yes. get in touch, I suppose. So it's it's good to sort of see it come full circle and have you on here to share sort of the rest of your story. Yes, um, I'm very, very excited. Yeah, so let's start with you, like growing up in Nigeria, what that was like and then how you sort of ended up in, in the UK. Sure. So uh, taking it right back, I was born in Lagos, um, the middle child. So I have uh, two other siblings. <laughs> you know what they say about yeah, the middle child syndrome. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, no, it wasn't that bad, really. Um, but, no, growing up in, in Lagos was, was, was really interesting. In, you know, I've always loved the city, and I, I always attribute that, attribute that to growing up in Lagos. You know, it's always something exciting going on. Uh, even with the traffic and everything, mm-hmm. the city just had a buzz to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, growing up, um, I would say I was quite a creative kid. I, I loved to keep busy. I was always using my hands to create things. And cooking was one of the things that I actually kind of fell in love with at a really young age. Okay. So I remember at the age of 10, I was already starting to make jollof fries. I was really <laughs> curious, you know, about recipes, tasting ingredients and just inventing things in the kitchen and that love just continued to grow um, even during my time in Nigeria um, up until when we moved to the UK. So I came over to the UK when I was about 14, 15, um, sort of carried on with school, went to university where I studied English and French actually, Uh, so nothing cooking related at all. Yeah. English and French. I was somewhat of a language geek. Mm -hmm. I love reading. I love writing, even up until today. Um, But that love of cooking was always there. Um, And I just sort of fostered it in the background while I was doing other stuff. So um, I know that you said that you became vegan while you you were studying at Oxford. Like how, like what was that sort of transition how did you go from being a meat-loving Nigerian <laughs> I going all the way to the other end of the spectrum it really is quite crazy honestly because at the point when I went vegan if you had asked me even a month before whether <laughs> I would you know ever go vegan I probably would have laughed in your face yeah. Um, And so for me, so because I did the joint English and French degree, Mm -hmm. I was actually away in France on my third year um, doing an internship placement. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I didn't have essay deadlines over my head. I had all this time to think, all this time to really just kind of reflect on things. And I remember for me that it was actually health that really drew me to the idea of veganism to begin with. I was about 21 at the time, mm-hmm. feeling really sluggish, lacking in energy. And I started to question that, you know, I shouldn't feel this way at this age. I'm, I'm too young, almost too young to, <laughs> to be so tired all the time. Yeah. And intuitively, I just kind of jumped to the conclusion that I needed to make a change in my diet. And so I eliminated all animal products for about a week just to see how I felt. And the results were incredible. You know, we didn't lighter I, I had more mental clarity um yeah the benefits were were visible even in that short period of time and um something else that I always say that was sort of happening around this time is that um uh, I began to look into the whole aspect of 
animal ethics and how we treat animals. So growing up in Nigeria and even when we moved to the UK, we never had any pets growing up. Uh, so I wasn't never animals. Um, but the family I lived with in France actually had a, a dog uh, called Lucky and, you know, bonded with a dog, you know, mm. really loved hanging out with this little pet. And one day a light bulb just went off for me. And I just began to question, why is it that we are so compassionate, so loving towards our pets, you know, whether they're cats, yeah. dogs, rabbits, mm -hmm. and yet other animals, they're kind of faceless to us. Uh, we see them as, you know, these finished packaged products in supermarkets, you mm -hmm. know, fish fillet or uh, chicken leg or drumstick. They're, they're almost um, stripped of their identity, stripped of, you know, what makes them what they are, yeah. and we just consume them as animals, as meat products, rather. And um, so I couldn't reconcile that sort of disparity in my mm -hmm. mind. And so alongside the whole health thing that was going on for me, I was also thinking about the animals, and the more research I did into veganism, the more it just clicked for me. And as I say, within that week of trying it out, I was convinced and I haven't sort of looked back since and it's been almost six years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's always interesting to me and I'm always, int I'm always intrigued by people who sort of take that journey, whether it's, um, you know, veganism or, you know, all sorts of other sort of different, um, I wouldn't call them diets, but lifestyles in terms of eating, eating mm. lifestyles. Um, and so it's interesting to see how you came to that, especially given uh, sort of the background of um, a very sort of meat-intensive culture, if you will. Yes. And, and especially where, you know, when you talk about um, animal dignity in particular, that is probably not... <laughs> as big of a consideration in, in Nigeria, where we come from, versus now you'll still find in some places for people that still eat meat, you know, where there's, um, uh, you'll find um, different types of ways in which animals are raised so that those that are still consuming meat can feel slightly better about what they're consuming, versus where, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever know in the midst of all the other issues we have if that would ever sort of seriously be a thing to be considered. So I, I find that to be really interesting. And so you sort of you're going through this personal journey, and then how do you decide then that you sort of want to share that with the rest of the world with you with the vegan Nigerian platform? How do you go from, you know, I sort of I'm feeling better, I'm learning all of this stuff and it's great, I'm feeling good about what I'm eating, to how do I translate this um one to Nigerian food and then two sharing it with you know, the rest of mm. the world, if you will. So it was almost sort of accidental the way I fell into uh, the vegan Nigerian. I was at home at the time visiting family, and of course the question of my diet would come up <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> you know, questions like, you know, what are you going to eat now? It must be really difficult for you. Are you suffering? Are right, you healthy? Yeah, cause when, are when you okay? Because when you're at home, what do you tend to? And I guess we'll talk about that when we get to your cookbook too, which I which I I got the other day, and it's like really interesting to me, but. So but early on when you went back home, like what, how difficult or easy was it to sort of... To adapt? Yeah, especially... It, it, was, it was not as bad as people thought. That's the thing, you know. Um, 
I believe that Nigerian food itself is very kind of accommodating to the vegan lifestyle. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of fresh ingredients. We use a lot of root vegetables, yam, cassava, and then we have it with our vegetable soup. Right. We eat lots of rice. You know, all of those things um, I felt I could still enjoy. All right. I had to do was take out the piece of meat or take out the piece of chicken. Right. And so for me... Um, Wait, so even then, it didn't bother you that maybe there, like, if you talked about taking out the piece of meat or chicken or whatever, that the, the, the stew or the soup, or even if it was jollof, that it, was, it had already been cooked in... in, in oh, so I, I did draw a line there. So I, I wouldn't eat anything that had the meat cooked in it. Okay. So I would always have to make it separately. Okay. But that didn't feel like too much of a stress. You right, know? Yeah. Say, for instance, I was cooking with my mom and she was making you know, chicken stew for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would just take out maybe a cup full of the stew okay. before adding it to the pot yeah. and you know, just add my own separate vegetables to it. So we kind of found a way around it that worked. And... Um, and then what yeah. are you what are you doing in terms of protein then? So like you take out the, the, the stew and then what you know, you add your vegetables, but how are you um, balancing yeah. out with protein? So that's a very, very good question. Um, which you know, for anyone who is even considering be- going vegan, I would recommend that you definitely look into getting all your nutrient sources and making sure it's balanced. Right. So for me I I always make an effort to include um, protein rich rich foods such as uh, beans, uh, pulses, um, even nuts and seeds are fantastic sources mm-hmm. of protein as well. And what a lot of people don't, don't know, or maybe they know or are not conscious of, is that many vegetables themselves contain protein, mm-hmm. perhaps not to the level of you know, your chicken or beef, as right. you would expect, but it's still there. And you would be hard-pressed to find anyone who actually has a protein deficiency. Right, that's uh, That's very rare, you know? That's true. Um, so it's not, that, it's not that hard at all. Okay. And then I was just thinking, as you were speaking also, um, about um, the fillingness of, of the food that you eat, you know, how full. Because I think also, just from my experience with Nigerian and Ghanaians in particular, they, there's a certain that's sense that you have to leave... Your, like you have to leave your you have to come away from your meal feeling like full almost you know what I mean like if you don't walk away feeling like you're almost about to keel over then you haven't, you really haven't yeah. had a good meal right and and a lot of that not just comes from the starch but also from from protein right so um I guess it's that's a, also a yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's that's interesting, and it's great to hear that your family, you know, sort of was went along with you on this journey and was accommodating, in terms of making yeah. sure they also enjoying that. Okay, so you start vegan Nigerian as yeah. as a blog or like how or just right away making having events where you're cooking for people. Uh, so started as a blog, okay. a really pretty bad blog, actually. <laughs> <laughs> as with most things, when you start, you're just kind of feeling your way around and testing mm-hmm. the waters. And so, yeah, I just I created it on a whim. I used the blogger platform and just kind of put something together. I remember my first ever post was not even a Nigerian meal per se. It was like a, a bean burger or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but the shape of the vegan Nigerian kind of began to take form over time 
um, it was really a response to you know those family members and friends who were asking what I was eating and it gave me the space and the creativity to kind of experiment with um, traditional and contemporary Nigerian food just to come up with creative ways of expressing our food in a, in a vegan context and so it really began with just recipe sharing um, I would share about my grocery hauls, the things I would buy, the ingredients that I would recommend people to buy to create certain dishes. Um, and then slowly over time, it evolved into sort of external events as well. Um, and that was a really exciting time for me. Uh, 2016 was when I held my first ever pop-up restaurant. Um, and then I, I got on to hold about 10 or 11 of oh, such wow. events. Yeah. And, um, now I do private dining as well, and I host Airbnb experiences. I can see that you host Airbnb, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I think a lot more um, African food sort of businesses or entrepreneurs should, should absolutely look into that just because it's... Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a whole... Um, and maybe let's talk about the talk about that a little bit so obviously it's it's just on you go onto airbnb's website and you sign up and what what's that process like for anyone that's sort of interested sure so um airbnb experiences began i think was late 2016 early 2017 and uh they had sort of found me actually through my blog and asked if i would be one of the sort of the first people in London actually to host an event, nice. uh, a vegan Nigerian one. And at first when I got the email, I, um, I'm not going, even going to respond. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I gave it a few days and I think they sent me a follow-up email and then I, I looked into it and I thought, ah, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity. And uh, so for anyone who's interested in it, uh, all you have to do now is sign up through the Airbnb uh, website uh, Airbnb experiences specifically and you just pitch to them uh, what it is you want to share um, and they guide you through creating your online profile where obviously people find you online when they're booking through the app, they can book your experiences directly and it's a, it's a really really great way of sort of diversifying what it is you're doing mm-hmm. um, African chefs especially, there's so much that we can share. And I think Airbnb, having that platform, is probably one of the best ways uh, now to do that. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I stumbled on I don't even know how I found out. I just stumbled on it. And then I just saw all the really great reviews that you've gotten on, on doing that <laughs> too. So that's fantastic. And, and it's always... <laughs> It's one of those things where, you know, you always see someone, you know, whether it's from your country or your part of the, the world doing something great and you see really good reviews and you're like, okay, you're, you're sort of proud, right, that um, someone's out there doing something great. So that's fantastic. And then you, you've also sort of did pop-up events. So I'm always curious about people that sort of stumble into into cooking, right? And then end up, you know, doing blogs and then sort of graduate into doing events. Because when I think about cooking for large groups of people, that to me is just like a scary, scary. Because it's one thing to cook for myself or even four to five friends. But when you start sort of almost becoming a commercial where you have to think more about just not what you're cooking, but like service and what's going on in the back of the house and the front of the house. Like how did you sort of prepare yourself to do all of that? Because obviously it's not something, when you first started at least, it wasn't something you had done before, right? 
Well, it's definitely a muscle you have to build. Um, and what maybe a few people don't know is that I actually worked in a restaurant oh, after graduating from okay. university. Yes, uh, much to the surprise of many extended family members. <laughs> and <laughs> you can imagine, Tommy's gone to Oxford University and yeah. now he's working at a restaurant. Okay, what's going on there? Is this identity crisis? Anyway. <laughs> so I actually... Uh, applied uh, to to get a job as a chef at a vegan restaurant mm. shortly after moving to London after I graduated I wanted to really kind of get behind the scenes mm-hmm. to kind of see how everything works on the ground up and I thought you know I'm young I can pretty much do it you know my father my mother raised us to believe that you know if we if we are passionate about anything we can pursue it yeah. um, which was fantastic for me because in almost my naivety, I went to this restaurant, applied for the job, and in my interview, I remember saying, I don't have any professional chef's training. I'm pretty much a self-taught cook, but this is something I would really love to do. And so they brought me in for a trial, uh, a trial period. They asked me to make a couple of vegan recipes. And of mm-hmm. course, by that point, I had already been honing my skills at home, experimenting at home with different recipes. And I was able to do it and landed the job. Yay, that's fantastic. I was waiting for like the punchline. <laughs> yeah, landed the job and, and worked as a chef there for just over a year. Oh, that's and fantastic. so uh, through that experience, I got to learn about obviously the service industry, mm-hmm. what it takes to cater to a restaurant full of people. Um, and then it was you know, it was almost like the stars just aligned because how I even began the pop-up restaurant is directly linked to me having that job at the restaurant. Right. And what happened was that the manager found out my, about my blog because I wasn't screaming and shouting about right. it. I wasn't really telling anyone about it. I was kind of keeping it under wraps. But they found, somehow discovered it. And the manager called me and just said, this is great what you're doing. You know, what plans do you have for the future? What do you want to do? And at the time, I was just like, I'm in an eye, like, well, I don't know, maybe a supper club, maybe a pop-up, I don't know. And she just said, well, why don't you use the restaurant space one evening and host a pop-up? Oh. Yeah. And at first, I thought, you must be crazy. What are you talking about? Um, But then, obviously, I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity. I can't let it sort of slip by. Mm -hmm. And I committed to it. Gave myself, you know, a month or two to really plan it. Got my family and friends on board to help out. And that was how I hosted my first one. And I guess you could say I was bitten by the bug and kind of went (laughs) to do many more after that. And, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. That's great. That's great. And it's glad that it's good that sometimes it's people that are sort of outside of our circle that have to push us towards what we are meant to do, I think. So that's fantastic that um, they saw that in you and pushed you. But so in terms of, so you talked about working in um, that vegan restaurant, but then outside of that, obviously London, I'm sure, has so many options for um, vegans, right? But in terms of finding stuff that caters to, you know, the African palate or taste, um, that's also vegan. Have you found um, that to be a challenge or not as much anymore as time has gone by? What do you, what do you think about 
Um, I think it's slowly starting to improve. Um, at the time, it was definitely difficult. Uh, the only sort of um, African uh, uh, themed restaurants at the time were either Ethiopian, Ethiopian or you could get, <laughs> yeah, or you can maybe get options at Moroccan restaurants, you know, North African mm. uh, restaurants. Um, but not a lot with West African food, actually. And even till now, um, I think there are certain restaurants you can definitely go into and request, you know, just to have the meat taken away mm-hmm. or taken out, but not specifically uh, West African vegan food. Um, although I know that there are some food stalls, I think in East London, around sort of Spitalfields Market, where you can actually get, you know, vegan mm-hmm. jollof rice, vegan beans. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, really? yeah. Okay. So I think it's it's slowly, slowly catching on, um, but still a long way to yeah. go, I think. Okay. Um, I think now is a good time to take a short break, and then when we come back, um, we'll just dive more into the topic of veganism and Nigerian food and the Nigerian community specifically, and then sort of go into the new cookbook you have, the Plantain Cookbook, which I'm so excited for, by the way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll talk about that whole process and um, some of the recipes you have in there and all that good stuff. So let's take a break now and we'll be right back. So we're back from the break and now I just want to delve more into, you know, we talk a lot about veganism, how you came to it, how your family was accepting of it. Now I want to speak more about the broader sort of Nigerian and maybe even West African community in in London and sort of what your experience has been with them and their um, response to like their home favorites, right? Like... Um, I can't even think of, I don't know, if we were without meat, etc. Et <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the response has been mixed for the most part. Um, I remember in the very early days, I had people say to me, vegan and Nigerian cannot go together. Mm. Uh, it's an oxymoron. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I've had an overwhelming response uh, from people who may not necessarily want to change their diet completely and go vegan themselves, but actually appreciate having the option right. um, because, you know, they, they perceive it as healthier, which uh, for the most part it is because you're, you know, eliminating a lot of the saturated fats and mm-hmm. uh, the food ends up being, you know, leaner than the traditional counterpart. Right. Um, and so people... Uh, from the health perspective, uh, really do embrace the whole concept. Um, they're quite curious about it. Um, I remember, you know, when I started my pop-up restaurants and I would have Nigerians, other West Africans come along to it, um, they would, you know, say they came because they had never heard of anything like this before and they just wanted to see what it was like and whether, you know, we could kind of convince them. <laughs> And, yeah, a lot of the times they went away happy. They went away hopefully inspired as well. And I think now that veganism is kind of gaining traction, becoming a lot more mainstream, especially here in the West, um, people are just more exposed to it. And so the idea of veganism doesn't seem as scary as, you know, even in the last five, ten years. And I think that's seeping slowly but surely even into the Nigerian community as well. Yeah, so um, you... I know I... I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to say that I, I've even witnessed that even within my family to certain family members who now kind of um, just just see it as normal breathing now um, as opposed to at the beginning. That's good. No, so you you would say between, I guess, or I guess within the last five years, it's probably the popularity of veganism has probably grown within the community then in terms of acceptance and also taking on the lifestyle do you think or is it more just acceptance versus okay this is um, an optional sort of thing that we can do but it's not something that they are willing to go all the way for you know yeah for many it's it's the latter it's the sense of not feeling they can go into it completely but feeling that they can dip in and out of it Uh, whether it's having a day or two per week of not eating any meat Mm -hmm. Um, having said that, um, from when I started my blog till now, I've encountered uh, more and more people sort of sending me emails, sending me messages saying that they actually want to go fully vegan. Um, and these are Nigerian readers and yeah. uh, other West African readers saying, you know what, this seems like something that I can actually do. And so the number is rising. I, I wouldn't say that there are many of us um, but we do exist. Uh, there's, even a, <laughs> there's even a vegan society in Nigeria now. Oh, and, really? Yeah, like in... absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. They host they host regular meetups, from what I can see on social media. Wow. Uh, there's a vegan restaurant in Lagos now, the first ever one opened in, I think, 2013-14, and okay. it's still going strong till today. And so, yeah, I really yeah, do think, incredible. you know, we're, we're small but growing. Yeah, yeah, that's really incredible. I need to check that out the next time I'm in Lagos. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, now let's talk about what I'm super excited for, which is your new cookbook, which, first of all, I love the title, Plantain Cookbook. <laughs> like, that was a big <laughs> intriguing thing. I was like, I need to check this out. Um so I got a copy and I was telling you earlier off, off air that I really wanted to try a couple of recipes before we spoke, but just didn't have the time to. But I just love, I love the bold colors. The Like I like that you have pictures for every menu. And from, from what I can see so far, every recipe has plantain in it. <laughs> every single recipe. I was mind blown. So you have things <laughs> like plantain scones, plantain plantain nachos, plantain breakfast bowls. I'm like, what? There cannot be yeah. plantain in every single recipe. Absolutely everything. I I took my obsession of plantain <laughs> and I just absolutely ran with it. This is like <laughs> genius, genius. Because literally, I, so I just moved to a new city. And like for me, the first thing I do is look for where I can find plantain in, in a city that I move right? into. And I'm like, this is just made for me this is absolutely fantastic so let's talk about it so why did you decide to focus on plantain in the first place so uh, where do i even begin <laughs> my love affair with plantain i mean i think everyone who's ever tried plantain can agree that it's just it's one of those uh, comfort foods isn't it that we all love we all know um we fry it you know we boil it we roast it and it just adds that extra something special to a meal. Um, you know, when you're having your jello fries, plantain is always yeah. on the side. When you're having your stewed beans, you're having that with plantain. Um, so I just love it. I love the flavor. I love it as an ingredient and its versatility. And so I was thinking, you know, 
Plantain is a versatile ingredient, and there must be more that can be actually done with it beyond what we currently do, right. uh, beyond the frying, beyond the roasting. <laughs> and so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go crazy, use my imagination. <laughs> just no, kinda... I absolutely. And I'm not even, I'm not one to hype. Like, I love it. Like, I literally was just... I haven't made anything from it yet, but I like that you have pictures of every recipe. And sometimes yes. you look at something and you're like, whoa, does this really... Chocolate chip plantain pancakes. Oh, dear God. That's, that's, I think that's only my favorite one from the book. Oh. And, and yeah, I wish just a note on the pictures as well. Uh, when I was creating the book, for me, the top priority was actually to have an image for every single recipe. Mm. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes there's nothing more frustrating than going through a cookbook and, you know, you've got right. all the, the instructions and the ingredients, but no image to go with right. it. And you're thinking, oh, but how is it supposed to look? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so I really wanted that for this book. You know, it's it's small enough that I, it can be done right. without me sort of losing my mind completely. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was really, really happy with it. I yeah, I, so it was a real labor of love. Yeah, I can tell. Um, so for for those who are listening who are either sort of, you know, in their own African food, whether they own an African food restaurant or they have a blog and they're doing something unique and interesting and are thinking about potentially publishing a cookbook. Well, you self-published, right? I did, yes. Yeah, so could you walk us through that process? Like how, first of all, the decision to publish the, the cookbook and then sort of developing the recipes, the picture taking, and then the decision to self-publish and then what that process is like. Sure. Uh, so for me, I, um, I did consider going down the route of traditional publishing, but I'm a very impatient person sometimes. <laughs> not, not all the time, but sometimes. And... When I have an idea, I love to execute, I love to create, I love to kind of get stuck in immediately while that fire is still right. burning. Um, and so for me, I just got started on it immediately. I, I began by writing the copy, just a simple, simple yeah. word document, uh, imagining the dishes in my head, writing it all out on paper. Um, and then I went into the stage of recipe um, testing just to make sure that, you know, all the ingredients and quantities were on point. And so every single recipe in the book is actually tried and tested. So I did that. And while I was going through that, I was taking the pictures at the same time. So I would cook it, make it, amend it, and photograph it on the spot. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, so with the self-publishing thing, nowadays there are so many online platforms that you can make use of. There are so many resources out there that you can use. Uh, I came across uh, Blurb, which is a self-publishing platform, very formally create space that has now merged with the KDB, KDP Amazon Publishing. Um, and they provide you with um, sort of a downloadable software where you can have the template all laid out for you. You just put in your, in for your data, basically your images yeah. and your text, and they, they format it for you. Um, so you just uh, oh, nice. create the, yeah, yeah in, the, in the way and the style that you want, your photography, your fonts and everything. And then they handle the printing. So it's actually print on demand, which means I don't have to order a right. thousand copies yeah. and store it in my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> and try and sell it, you right. know, one at a time. Yeah, so now people can just order it directly. 
either from the website or now it's available on Amazon too. They can order directly from there and they print it to demand. Um, And so I just thought, you know what, why not? Yeah, that's actually really, and thanks for sharing that. That's really great because then people know, I mean, now it seems like there's so many tools and all of that stuff online, like the process for becoming an entrepreneur or whatever is becoming more democratized. So all oh, these yes. tools are out there and, you know, sometimes people don't even know about it, right? Because I was, as I interviewed someone earlier too who's working on a cookbook. I think they're going the publishing route, but it's also helpful to know sort of what other options are out there. Definitely. Um, It's so empowering too, you know, especially for people who maybe have had the door slammed in their faces many times or told that their concept never work. This just puts the power back in your hands. If you know you have the idea and you know you have the audience for it, then, you know, you can really go for it if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely agree. And when you were sort of talking about, you know, thinking up the recipes and developing them and making them, I was wondering um, if you've ever thought, because I know some people do this, uh, thought about going into product development, so whether it's working, you know, doing it for your own and sort of coming up with specific vegan products for sale maybe or, or consulting for sort of a bigger consumer product company that would be interested in in something that you come up with? I would say it's definitely an area that I'm interested in now. Um, As I keep sort of moving forward with everything I'm doing with the Beacon Nigerian, I I, I feel like I just constantly open myself up to opportunities that are out there and ideas that I have. And I would be lying if I said product development um, hasn't been on my mind lately. It's um, something I think I could really kind of find a lot of creativity and joy mm-hmm. in sort of getting involved. That that would take, I'm still trying to refine. So mm-hmm. I can't sort of give you a specific uh, answer on what that product would be, whether it would be ready meals or maybe a specific snack, maybe a plantain snack or something like yeah. that. Um, I'm still sort of toying around with it, but okay. As yeah. long as it's plantain, I'm sure it will be incredibly popular. <laughs> <so>. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so no, 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 but that sounds good. That's because it sounds like you're really sort of a really creative person, and and I'll be excited for you know to see what you come up with in terms of of product. Um, and I guess that sort of brings me to like what you're thinking of for next year. Sort of what's next for Vegan Nigerian after this cookbook. So you hinted yeah. maybe you'll be thinking about a product, but outside of that, how what do you see yourself doing with the platform in the next I don't know three to five years? The next three to five years. Oh wow! I don't know if I can. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> we're going twelve months at a time. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taking it a month, a month at a time as it comes. Um, but no, long term, I really just see myself um, exploring lots of different projects. Um, really, kind of honing in on sort of what the vegan Nigerian is and what it stands for. I know, on a really personal level, I'm passionate about spreading the you know, the idea of health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it when I see people in my community, my family kind of taking healthier uh, um, dietary routes. Um, And so I would want to really explore that, you know, whether it be through 
um, the continuation of my content creation or whether it's this product um, that hopefully one day I will bring out, uh, maybe publishing a few more books over the next few years. Um, yeah, that's really where my focus lies. And uh, of course, I'm, I still continue to cater. So I still continue to do the private dining. And so really, it's a, it's a mesh of different activities yeah. that keeps the vegan Nigerian going. It's, you know, <laughs> one minute, I really want to focus on an event. The next minute, I want to focus on maybe creating a book. Um, but all of that, the aim and the purpose is just to spread this, you know, message that Nigerian food is amazing, right. vegan food is amazing, <laughs> and uh, you don't have to kind of suffer while you're on this lifestyle. All right. Um, okay, so before we transition to the rapid fire section, can you let people know where they can find you online on social media, where they can find your book? And then also you have an offer for our listeners, right? So if you want to share that too, that would be great. Yes. Uh, so you can find me online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Vegan Nigerian. Um, I'm also on YouTube, so please subscribe. I'm trying to be consistent with that. Um, and the cookbook itself, you can either download it as an ebook if you want to save the treats, you know, <laughs> and do so by going to my website, www.veganigerian.com. And I have a special offer code for listeners um, who download the ebook. And if you use the code plantain13 at checkout, you will get 20% off. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think um, this is a fantastic time that it's coming out, right? Because it's it's get it's Christmas time. People are thinking this is a fantastic Christmas gift for whoever in your family. Well, I don't know who doesn't like plantains, but for the exactly. foodies, for the foodies, everyone loves plantains. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's great. That's really great. Um, okay, so let's switch to rapid. I I really need to think of new questions because people that have listened to it now just probably know what to expect at this point. But, <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> here we go. Okay, so sweet or salty? Salty all the time. Oh really? That's yeah. interesting. So when you do plantains, you prefer, I'm guessing then you prefer like greener plantains to. Oh, good question. I actually like, I like it when it's just about right. You okay. know, not too sweet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, yeah. I know that point. <laughs> the, mm, there's yeah, a fine line. <laughs> yeah, there is really a fine line. Okay, interesting. Buffet or a la carte? Buffet, more choice. Yeah. Uh, swallow or rice? This is interesting. Rice, I think. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Tea. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. You're so healthy. <laughs> Dine in or take out? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, take out. Take out. Morning person or night person? Night person, 100%. Okay. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. And I've had to ask you this, although it's a tired question. Ghana Jollof or Niger Jollof? <laughs> oh, come on. What do you think? I've, I've, had Nigerians, I've had Nigerians say Ghana Jollof, so, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then if you could live on one dish for the rest of your life, what would that be? One dish for the rest of my life? Jollof rice. Vegan jollof rice, you should say. Vegan jollof rice, of course. 
All right, thank you, Tommy. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to be trying your recipe soon. I'll be sharing and and try it on the platform also, so people see what I try from the cookbook. Um, but it's been really much. great, uh, and hope you good luck with everything. We'll be we'll be following closely and seeing what you're up to. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Item 13, an Essence 13 production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. To keep up to date on news and events from Essence 13, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Essence and the number 13. Thank you.